0: Welcome to the Conquer Your Battlefield podcast, where we come together to discuss some of the more significant struggles and metaphorical battlefields that we've faced along our journeys and share some insight on how we've conquered them. I'm JD McGibney, and today I'll be talking to one of the most diverse entertainers that I've ever had the pleasure of being introduced to. Someone that started off their career on the ballet stage at the age of three, moved to theater by the time she was in high school, started acting in film by the time she was in college... Started her own theater company, has been on Broadway, and has even produced several independent films. Today, I'll be talking with the ever so wonderful and elegant Alyssa Pizzell. How are you doing today, Alyssa?
1: I am wonderful. Thank you, JD.
0: Yeah, glad to hear you. Uh, Glad that you're here. Thank you for being here. And today, you're welcome. (laughs) Today, we're going to be talking about bulimia nervosa, or more commonly referred to as just bulimia. Bulimia is an emotional disorder involving distortion of body image and an obsessive desire to lose weight, in which bouts of extreme overeating are followed by depression and self-induced vomiting, purging, or fasting. According to the organization mirrormirror.org, bulimia affects 1.5% of women and 0.5% of men in the United States. That translates to roughly about 4.7 million women and 1.5 million men the age people start developing bulimia starts to uh, has been getting younger and younger and the average age of onset is usually around mid to late teens those who develop bulimia often end up having self-harm tendencies develop depression and often have a plethora of health problems from chemical imbalances swelling of glands and even heart issues Alyssa, we spoke a little bit in private before this interview and you let me know that you have previously battled with bulimia and have found a way to conquer that struggle. What was it like for you when it started to develop? And was it something that happened over time? Or is it something that just seemed to come out of nowhere?
1: Uh, It seemed to come out of nowhere. But it was something that I battled with as a 14-year-old. Um, I had a, an obsession about my body and the way I looked, I was really wanted to please people. And because I was a dancer, that was an extreme obsession of mine, my body, my body image. And it started for me as young as five years old oh wow yeah i was a dancer since i was three and many of you out there if you are in the dancing world you probably are aware of how difficult it is being a dancer and you know uh changing in the dressing rooms and things like that it's you know you you basically shut down your body image, meaning like you don't, you, 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 become very closed off and I, you, 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 you basically, you have no, you have to kind of have no sexuality or, um, because everybody is changing in front of everybody, uh, and, you, you just basically shut yourself down. You, you become, your, your, your body image is everything. And the way you look, the way you, you, you carry yourself, uh, your, the, the person who is your teacher, your dance teacher is constantly Uh, checking every part of you, walking up and down at the bar, uh, basically being critical of your, every part of your body.
0: Now I have a a question. Um, I, I don't really, uh, I'm not really like well-versed in like dance culture and like the, the practice regimen and like what it's like in an actual studio. Um, But I am uh, familiar with like the, the whole, like quote unquote stereotype of like the dance teacher, like correcting your posture and whatnot. Are you saying that it's more than just like, uh, just like the posture correction? It's more of like they're criticizing uh, more, uh, I guess, uh, I guess like substantially, like in, beyond just like how you're doing the technique.
1: Well, I mean, I used to get hit with a cane on my oh. buttocks by a Russian dance teacher. I mean, I you know a lot of things would happen, you know. Um, So you know, there there was just a lot of things going on from a very very young age. So I was I I was very shut down, and I didn't you know I was very I I think I became very shy. I was shy, but also I was a performer. I was a performer from a very young age being on the stage. Uh, so I had a lot of secrets. I didn't talk about a lot of stuff. I, I became a people pleaser. I bet I had a lot of secrets. I had a lot of things I shoved down. You know, I was very, you know, I was very, I was quiet about a lot of things. I shoved down my voice. And I think the reason why I'm getting to that is because there were, you know, shoving down stuff is where it starts. Yeah, I know. And uh it's like, you know, I wanted a lot of the food stuff becomes about shoving down food. Interesting. I know it's it's all part of that, you know, uh process of. Isolating yourself, hiding, uh, having that secret, um, and still wanting to be in that world of ballet and, uh, still keeping that body image and, um, but still, you know, not speaking your voice, not speaking certain things, not talking about certain stuff, whether it's how you feel about certain stuff what you feel about in the acting world, um, what you feel about uh, in high school bullying. I had a lot of trauma in my life. This is, this is what I'm talking about.
0: It sounds like just because of the, the way you're, you're focusing the conversation, it sounds like you, your development of bulimia is very heavily uh, linked to the fact that you didn't feel comfortable opening up to uh, about a lot of things that you were going through. Is that correct?
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Interesting. And it sounds like it also, uh, like it, the, the seeds were planted like really early on, like then the statistics that you know, I shared at the beginning, uh, it's saying that, that a lot of the stuff kind of like comes out in like adolescence when like, we're kind of like, uh, developing who we are as, as people, like our own individuals. And it sounds like a lot of like the seeds of what was, you know, going to come up when you, I think you said you were 14, uh was to start it off you said that i think at the age of five which is it's it's incredible that it goes back that that far so it, i'm I'm curious as to what uh if the seeds are planted so long you know back when you were five and you said it, it kind of seemed like it popped out of nowhere what was like the initial uh what was like the initial like spark that made you go oh i'm gonna you know i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna try this was like a thought, was it an, like an event?
1: It was an event of there were three traumatic things that I'm I'm not going to get into the big traumatic things, but one of them was I had a seizure. Oh, I no. had I'm epileptic and they put me on a medication called valproic acid. And the val one of the side effects of the valproic acid was I would gain weight. Uh. And I was, I went nuts that I was going to gain weight. It was, I'm a, you know, a big thing. The big thing about me is that I have to have control of that. Another thing about bulimia was that I could control it. Yeah, And uh, they were going to put me on this medication and I had no control about that fact that I could you know, that, that was one of the side effects that I was going to gain weight. And I gained all this weight. They put me on that medication for my epilepsy and I couldn't control that.
0: And you were, uh, you were originally a dancer and you had to be very regimented on, like you were saying on your, how you looked. And like, I imagine that like, you know, uh, a person's weight, you know, very heavily influences their ability to do all this like athletic, you know, all this athletic stuff. So I, I very much understand how that is, is linked. It would have triggered something like that. Right.
1: So I, I just, I, I've got accepted to this theater program at Bucknell university that only 10 people get accepted to. Oh, wow. And uh, I went there and in Pennsylvania and I started i started doing i started uh throwing up binging and purging and uh somebody caught me in the bathroom Mm. and one of the professors and they contacted my family and they said you know you they need somebody has to do something about this because this is happening too often and or we need to do something or we're going to send her home and uh my mom contacted me about it and told me about it. And I said, well, you're going to have to take me off this medication because I, you know, I, I need to, but they didn't send, they they didn't end up sending me home. Uh, I finished the program. Uh, but that was what would alerted me. And I told them, I, I, I was so adamant about them changing my medication. That's how,
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, it's not a funny thing, but they ended up changing my medication
0: how long were you on that medication?
1: Um, probably for a year.
0: Oh, that's that's a that's a long time to be going through. Were you? Did you continue the the binging and purging after the medication as well?
1: No, I. But I've always had eating problems. I've always had problems where I either fasted or you know, didn't eat for a certain amount of time, or I would use something else. I would drink a lot of coffee, you know, to keep my sugar levels up and not eat, eat one meal a day, or I've always had strange eating habits. Um, I would drink alcohol instead of eating. I would always do strange things instead of eating just because of my weight issues.
0: And <clears throat> How like, did you, was this something that like continued into like, you know, like your significant like adulthood, like twenties, thirties?
1: No, it didn't continue into my twenties and thirties, but I've always had some, sh- I've always had shame around it. And I always knew that I had problems with my eating habits and I always knew that it would continue and morph into something else. So I always had to watch my eating habits and I've always had issues with my body image and how I perceived other people. And I knew that it stemmed from something in my childhood, how I perceived my mother, how I perceived my sister, how where it came from, and how I had a hole in my, in, in my heart, how I had, a, that there was something missing inside of me, and how I was constantly trying to fill that hole with food and how i had uh, problems with anxiety and issues with all of those things but i was dealing with it with food and it
0: i think it's an interesting link that you're making it there with like the anxiety because like a lot of a lot of uh things with anxiety is just like you know a person not having enough data or feeling out of control so i i I totally get the the correlation of like you saying oh you felt like you had control because it was something you could control you could control the amount of food going in and you can control the amount of food coming out. So I, I totally get that, that link. It, it makes sense that they would be, you know, so closely like connected. Um, I also think it's interesting that like, you, you mentioned that like you had the sense of shame throughout the entire time that you were doing it. It was that something that was always there, even from like the very first time you did it, or is it something that you're like, Oh, maybe I shouldn't be doing this.
1: I didn't feel the sense of shame until, Afterwards, there was some kind of secret sense of, I mean, the shame. Yes. Well, I felt this, I did. uh, That's a lie. I felt this sense of shame while I was doing it because I did isolate myself. And I did, there was some kind of sense of uh, the the sense of control that I liked about it. And there was an addiction to it that I kind of liked about it. Mm -hmm. The sense of addiction to doing it and getting away with it. Interesting. Because you get the two things. You get to eat what you like to eat and you don't have to have the calories.
0: Because Which was your initial catalyst because that medication was making you gain gain the weight. So you were able to continue eating whatever you wanted, but you weren't having the side effects of the medication.
1: Right.
0: When you were doing it, like you said you did it for about... Did you do it for about a year or did it did it stop yeah. after the medication? Yeah. Uh, I did it for
1: a year. But I also I also wound up in the hospital. I had weird bouts where I would wound up I'd had weird things where I would eat like blocks of cheese and peanut butter and apples, and I'd wind up in the hospital. I did strange I had strange eating habits where I would just want to eat certain things.
0: Yeah, that that was gonna be my my next question. It's like, did you notice any like physical? Uh, like issues, like because of this, and it, it sounds like there were, you know, like medical issues where you ended up, you know, in the hospital. Like, what were some of the things that you went through? that, you know, that were a direct result of, you know, of that.
1: Well, that, for instance, that uh, that I had to, I wound up in the hospital for that, where I just I couldn't go to the bathroom. Mm. <laughs> that was not good. Um, cause I would eat extreme amounts of certain foods and then, you know, I couldn't go t- to the bathroom.
0: And I imagine dehydration is also an issue with that too, because you're also not retaining the water.
1: Yeah. I mean, so a lot of people have certain issues where they, you know, have problems with their teeth, things like that, mm-hmm. or they, uh, and, and dehydration and fatigue. That's a big, big thing. Um, I was always constantly tired and then I would have to drink lots and lots of coffee because i was constantly constantly tired
0: which is also very acidic as well so i imagine that's also playing up with you know messing up the insides right now was it was it you coming off of the that medication what caused you to stop or was it something else that that got you to you know stop with the binging and purging
1: Uh, no, I, I, my career was really important to me. So I think that, you know, I'm, I'm good. I'm pretty good that at cutting things off cold Turkey. And, uh, I found something
0: new. What is it that you, uh, found that was new?
1: I just, I found a new diversion. You know, I just, uh, I think that for me, it was like, I found something else to self-medicate with. You know, I found, um, you know, everybody has their dark thing. And uh, I think that's where I found another thing to self-medicate with. And, you know, I've, I've always had something, you know, until just recently. And I think that that was you know i've had kind of like a rough i've had rough a rough life and you know my my life has been ups and downs and uh until until just recently i've kind of cleaned house
0: well i'm very happy to hear that you've you know you've cleaned house and you've you, it sounds like you've kind of you've recentered yourself and found like a positive uh, like platform to be on to like you know continue growing and like as an individual so I'm very happy to hear that
1: thank you thank you
0: <laughs> you're welcome um, when did you start uh, feeling comfortable like opening up about your experiences like you know with bulimia was it something that is uh, more recent or is it something that you've kind of like talked about and been like hey I went through this
1: I I've been talking about my experiences a lot about everything in my life. Uh, I mean, I've, I've, I've always been doing soul searching. I've always done therapy. Uh, I've always done soul searching. I've always been a spiritual person, but I don't think I've been completely, really, really deep, deeply honest. So I think that when you cut down to where everything kind of started. And I think that I was really important for me to share every story where it really started uh, and to really look at all of the things because addictions aren't addictions, aren't bad. I think I looked at my addictions as bad things, as shameful things, as things that were, you know, loss of control as something that made me weak. When I started to realize that they were all a part of me and that they, they were part of my journey and made me who I am today and that I can inspire people by sharing them, it was important for me to kind of open up and start talking about them. Uh, it takes... I've, 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 you know, I've overcome them now and I'm using tools to in my life to kind of finally structure my life in a way that I can help others and finally have self-care, give myself self-care.
0: Well, it takes a lot of strength to, you know, do that level of, you know, self-reflection so i i want to commend you for you know getting to that point where you you are able to you know look at yourself look at all these experiences that you've gone through look at all these things that you've deemed you know like dark and kind of just accept okay these are things that have happened but i can use them as lessons in order to you know become the best version of myself and like you said you know i I think it's a really noble thing to be like hey this is what i went through i want to share it with you know you out there in you know, out there in the world with other people. So this way, <clears throat> one, you're, you're, you're letting people know that they are not alone. You're letting people know that like, Hey, everybody goes through something, you know, there's, there's a whole bunch of people that, you know, have dealt with similar things that you have just, you know, le- referring, uh, referencing the statistics from earlier, uh, in the episode, you know, there's like millions of people in the United States alone that, you know have had similar experiences where they've dealt with bulimia they've dealt with body image issues you know there's even more people that deal with body image issues who don't necessarily you know deal with bulimia some others might have you know other you know other things that they use as like coping mechanisms so i you know i I very much want to commend you for opening up and sharing these things and you know kind of letting people know that like we're all human beings we're all on the same team here
1: I mean, look at, I know, Princess Diana. I was looking up, you know, Princess Diana, Elton John, Russell Brand, uh, Hillary Greer. I mean, it's just the amazing. Jane Fonda. They did a whole thing on her and her bulimia. I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable how many, and, and Diane Diane Keaton.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> I didn't even realize Diane Keaton also. Wow. Yeah. And it's just, they're especially coming from, you know, an entertainment Background, like from the time you were three until, like, even now, like, just being in it your entire life, there's a lot of pressure, especially being, you know, a female. Like, there's a lot of pressure specifically on your looks and and your body. So, like, I, I can't even imagine, like, the level of, like, stress and, like, you know, emotional, like, you know, baggage that came along with from the time you were three. To like even now, it's just like I can't, you know. I, I very much commend you for for being as as strong as you are. So, golf clap. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. I wasn't. I, you know, it's the dancing world is a is is a fantastic world, and to be a dancer, it takes extreme courage. It's an amazing world to be in. But it's it's a it, you have to be brave. You have to be brave.
0: And you have to remember that, you know, regardless of, you know, whatever's going on, each individual person, you know, is a beautiful and unique person. And, like, it's something that you mentioned earlier was that, like, there was a sense of, like, comparing yourself to, like, other people. Like, yeah, I think you said your mom and your sister. And, like, I'm assuming, like, you know, your peers or, like, your, your mentors, your teachers, you know.
1: So, and social and social media today oh yeah i mean for it's totally different today so i can't even imagine what it's like for you know two generations behind me it's just you know i you know i try to stay off I mean at social media a little bit be- just because it's just so so everybody's comparing themselves to everybody and women and what they look like today and, and
0: everybody is like highlighting just the best of the best of what they're doing and like even in all the filter.
1: yeah and the filters and the of...
0: filters <laughs> I mean my favorite is like the bunny filter but I mean
1: <laughs> let's do all the animal filters oh my let's god
0: all day every day. yeah Uh, well Alyssa, thank you so much for taking the time to be here for taking the time to open up about what it is that you've gone through and thank you for sharing you know with everybody to just shed some some light on everything because i you know opening up and being uh this candid about something that's so personal and something that's you know you know that was a difficult thing for you to go through i just You know, it's not an easy task. And I very much appreciate you uh, being here and sharing with us.
1: You're welcome. Thank you for having me.
0: You're very welcome. I truly believe that the more that we as a society feel comfortable opening up about our struggles, the more it will help others to realize that they are not alone. Everyone has the inner strength to face whatever life puts along their path. So thank you again, Alyssa. For taking the time to chat and thank you to everyone that has tuned into this episode. If anyone watching or listening finds that they are struggling with their mental health, please do not be afraid to reach out to your friends, family, or a mental health professional. I'll place a link in the description of this video that will have some information and connection to further resources. And until next time, remember, you always have the strength to conquer your battlefield.